Support Black Podcast. Meet Shannon, Cameron, Lauren, and Mel, four black women who are bonded by nerd culture as they discuss all things comics, games, movies, and TV. Join them bi-weekly on the Nerds of Prey podcast. That's Nerds of Prey, P-R-E-Y podcast. A different kind of nerd culture podcast because they love you back. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and every place that you find the best in podcasts, including nerdsofpreypodcast.com. Check them out. And remember, support Black Podcasts. Sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! <laughs> I am Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. the Thwip Tribble. And I am the Bat Tribble, a.k.a. Len. Oh shit, you flipped it. <laughs> you took that script and you flipped it. <sighs> I'm feeling mellow today, Len. You do have a case of the... Um, I'm going to do some jumping jacks. Here we go. Getting fired up. All right. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? I'm going to do it again. Uh, what are we going to talk about? I saw two movies this week. Two goddamn movies. Yes, I did. Uh, I saw first mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deadpool 2 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, starring Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin. Um, who you might remember from Goonies fame. Or yes, yeah, he was the he was the big brother in Goonies. Or you might remember remember him. Oh yeah, he uh, did as that the Purple Man. Yeah, he did that in independent Infinity movie. War. Yeah. <laughs> what a tired joke! What a t- I hate that joke. Oh, you might. Uh, I saw him in some little known independent film that you might have heard of called Avengers: Infinity War. Fuck you. And yet you had enough energy to do it your, did on it. your own. I did it. There are a lot of things I do that I hate. <laughs> I am I am just. An infinite spiral of self-loathing. So what else? What did you think about Deadpool? I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I was not anticipating much. I was actually anticipating a Hangover 2 situation where this was much to do about nothing and basically a repeat of the first movie. Quick side note. It's much ado about nothing, right? You're right. Not much to do, which made me think of, there was another one. Oh, someone, I had seen this on Twitter, and I don't know if I believe it. Because, you know, I was like, oh, that's hard as hell. That was hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the phrase is hard as hail. Which does make sense. True. Hard as hell doesn't make any sense. It's just you're taking a word and throwing it in there. But I guess hard as hell makes more sense. So, you were, you were expecting much anew about nothing, and then you got... I got... Some, very not, some something funny, a very <laughs> funny and surprisingly, very surprisingly touching movie. Well, I was surprised by the first one, how it touched me. Yeah, this movie, I am, I, I, I'm, 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 it's crazy. I was close to tears in Deadpool 2. That's lovely. And they weren't tears of laughter. 
Huh. I was like really, I was really. You were like, feeling it. I was feeling it. Man, that's great to hear. I love that. Huh. So. Okay, but you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm dying to see it. We're going to go see it this Friday. I was going to go to the press screening, but I didn't have someone to watch my shop. Mm-hmm. That happened, what, last week and then this week. The same thing happened for the other movie you saw. Right. But yeah, I'm, I didn't know what to expect. I was very excited for it. First of all, I don't think they need a, a sequel. I thought the first one is a beautiful little gem. Right. And you could, I could just have that and I would be happy. But I did enjoy it so much that, and I think there's enough to mine there, mm-hmm. that a sequel is warranted. Oh, yeah. And I was looking forward to it. And then I started hearing that there were a lot of reshoots, which, of course, makes everyone nervous, even though I guess it's par for the course these days. It is. And And hearing Josh Brolin speak about it, he said, you know, you can't always get worried about reshoots because a lot of the reshoots that they did were, um, one, uh, he said they did realize that they wanted to have a little bit more of me in the movie. Oh, that's always nice. So he was always happy to talk about that. And he said that uh, they also realized that there were a couple of, you know, transitions that they could, they realized they could tighten up real quick. Oh. And, you know, he wasn't opposed to that. So he said, okay, let's do it. That's awesome. I I wonder if they wanted more of him because they wanted more cable or because he was going to be in the highest grossing (laughs) movie of all time. Yeah. I got a funny feeling it actually was because of Cable because the movie if you listen if you know about the movie it's mm-hmm. basically you know Cable is coming from the future as he does as he is wont to do um, but then you also know that there is the formation of X Force mm-hmm. that takes place in the movie as well so you just knowing that much you might think oh this movie sounds like it's a little bit too stuffed or how are these two storylines really truly going to coalesce um but so knowing that hearing him say that there may be some some transitions they wanted to tighten up makes sense yeah and as it is it worked awesome it worked and there is somebody in this movie that i totally Totally didn't expect. Huh. A character or an actor? A character. And when they kind of tease him in the beginning of the movie, I'm like, they couldn't. They wouldn't. All right. All right. So, I, obviously, you're not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil it. I don't want anyone to get nervous. But I'm going to drop what I think, or not what I think, because I don't know if I don't think they would do this. But what I would love to see is dupe. I would love some dupe in my Deadpool. He seems like he would be a perfect, perfect addition perfect for that for that that, yeah. that world. I, we wouldn't see him in any other superhero movie, but I feel like we could get some dupe in Deadpool. Oh my goodness gracious sakes alive! As it isn't Brandon. Hi, buddy. Brandon of Brandon asks us. Yeah, the very same. Hey, Brandon, welcome to the shop. What are you listening to with your headphones? Hi, fanboy. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> You, you expected him to say gutter talk? <laughs> I thought he would be listening to music, actually. But before that, I was listening to Black Tribbles, your Captain Marvel one. That's what I was listening to on the way. And then I was... Oh, well, then, Brandon, you know, it's always... Well, always welcome in the hero complex. The hero complex. Um, I, I, too, love iFanboy. And if there's any listeners out there who want more comic book podcasts, besides Spoiler Alert, besides Gutter Talk, besides the entire Black Tribbles ovra... You can also listen to iFanboy. Those guys are great. Um, 
So I would like some dupe. So don't tell me, though. Was it someone you were happy to see or just unexpected? It's someone that I was happy to see because I didn't expect them to do it, yet they did it. I don't know if they 100% pull him off. Oh. But it was still still daring, goddammit. So they went with it. I can't imagine who it would be. I was surprised to see Shatterstar. Yes. And he's dressed exactly, exactly like Shatterstar. Like Shatterstar. Which I'm going to take a, a stab here and say it doesn't translate to the, to the screen. Um, just I've only seen like the two clips from the trailer, but I'm like, man, he looks dumb. But uh, uh, it translates. <laughs> it does. Yeah. They all work. All right. I'm very excited for Domino. I think she looks badass. She um, is badass. I also am excited for, and I don't know his name, Pete. Peter. Is it Peter? That that part of the trailer when I first saw that made me laugh so hard. He's funny. I also love him professionally because there's a TV show on Amazon Prime called Catastrophe. Oh, is he from that? So so good. Okay. Um, it's about an American, a big dopey American who who goes to London and winds up sleeping with an Irish girl. Right. And it's a one night stand, and they she gets pregnant. So then they decide to make it work, and the comedy is so good. Isn't it's, that like about two seasons in now? Mm-hmm, three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was excited to see him. Anytime I see either of them, I get excited. Because she she showed up, and I didn't realize, in Game Night. Really? Who's she in Game Night? She's the Irish girl. Oh, that comes that... Yeah, just like her first date. date. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Who he only asked on a date... Because people kept making fun of how he only like got hot dumb women, right? So he got like a less attractive smart woman, and that's kind of the running joke for her. Yes, which he sucks to tell her about that. Yeah, um, but I, I love her. I think she's great, and so is he. So, um, what do you want to do? One out of five tribbles. How many tribbles do you give it? Five being great, one being yeah, I one being this, the pit. I would give this a solid. 3.5. Oh, nice. I give it That's what Noel did. Noel Bartocci, who also joins us on the podcast sometimes, uh, he he went in my stead mm-hmm. and was able to watch the film, uh, and we're still going to do a podcast about that. So uh, he gave it three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. said he, he wasn't sure about his emotions. He's not sure how he feels about it. See, I, like I said, I really liked it. I was surprisingly touched by the movie. Um, I think if they had nailed the landing on that character. The superhero landing? Then I would have... It would have, it had got a gotten a four. four. Okay, it had got a four. Brandon Jackson shorts. Did you see the original Deadpool? Yes. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I watched it. Um, I went at like a five dollar movie day. So I don't know what that says about how excited I was for it. But when I saw it, I did like it. Although I don't know that it has aged that well. Like sometimes when it's on, I'll watch some of it, and it's like it's fine. But I'm not super invested to like continue watching like the whole movie so well, the, only, the only problem about Deadpool and some movies or comedies like that is that once you know the jokes then that's when it doesn't lend itself to rewatch um, rewatch yeah it's a, it's a special kind of comedy that you could rewatch and still find funny over and over again yeah especially when it's like super duper topical yeah you know and and to that extent this movie I would say probably will run that same risk I still mm-hmm. enjoy it you know, in the moment and, you know, for the months that it'll be out. But like five years later, am I going to be like, yeah, like, championing for Deadpool and Deadpool 2? Probably not. And I wonder if 
It has something to do with the breaking the fourth wall aspect because in order for you to be breaking the fourth wall with your audience, you have to be making topical references, right? But you don't always have to be making topical references when you break the fourth wall. Um, <clears throat> you can still be meta to that point, mm -hmm. but not be topical. And the, the, the person, the one I'm thinking about is uh, John Burns She-Hulk. Oh, where yeah. he definitely, they, you know, in the comic book, She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall all the time. And while she does make some topical references, most of her references have to deal with her realizing that she exists true, in a comic book. True. And that will always play. Yes. And then I was thinking Deadpool, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. That's pretty topical. I mean, that one's pretty meta, but it's not necessarily topical. Like, it's more about storytelling and about comic books in mm -hmm. general. So that's one that also does it in a different way. That's a good point. Nice. Uh, so, you, oh, but then my follow-up question, Brandon, is uh, are you excited for Deadpool 2 or are you going to wait for the $5 um, showing? Uh, honestly, I was. And then it turns out I have class next Tuesday, so I don't know if I will. But I might see it either Friday or Saturday maybe. So, yeah. I mean, I'm interested. I'm not super excited, but I don't necessarily want to wait like a week but I don't also necessarily want to see it opening night. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay. Valid. I love Valid opening night. Stay right on that fence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I 100% I love going to all of these movies on opening night. Even even the Snyder films and stuff, I get, I get hyped for uh, just going because there's the eternal optimist in me that just wants it. And I mm -hmm. feel like when you're in that first night group, those are the people who are super excited to be there because they yeah. don't even want to wait for the, the real you know, the weekend to start, they're right. there for the late show. And so I feel like I'm there with my people and, uh, you might get a better vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the first movie you saw. Yes. And then this, uh, Monday, yes, Monday, I went to another, you know, press screening and saw solo, a star Wars story. Hmm. Starring Woody Harrelson, Thandi Newton, um, Childish Gambino, Childish Donald Gambino, Glover, Donald Glover, and a guy, a guy playing Han Solo. Yeah, I, this whole time I've been like, I don't know who that kid is. I don't know. Who he I don't is. know that if I've ever seen a film with him in it. And I don't know if I'm going to see another movie with him in it. Oh no! No, I don't want to spoil it for people, but uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's spoiling to say I don't know that he's sixth in landing. I don't think he's sixth in landing. Okay. Han Solo. First question then. Yes. Does he not stick the landing because he's not doing an impersonation of uh, uh, Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford? No. Or is it because he's just not a good anything? He's just not doing what needs to be done for his role. It, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's not doing. It. He's just not bringing it. Damn it! Like I can understand. I was telling somebody. I can understand is. If it's, if it's, if, if. I believe you. I believe you can do this. <laughs> the, um. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me, let me jump ahead for you. It sounds like you're about to say, I can understand if they were doing a version of the character that isn't 100% Harrison Ford because he's younger and he's excited to be a pilot and he's not jaded like he is as Harrison Ford is in episode four. Was that exactly. kind of what you were going to say? Exactly. I can understand Teamwork. that. Thank you. That's why we co <laughs> Um But 
That being said, there still should be evidence of the rogue to come. Yeah. In your character, and while this isn't Muppet Babies, you know he's not he's not six years old. No, exactly. Yeah, he's a grown up. Okay, there still should be evidence of it. The fact that they're um, and I think the the script maybe lends itself to like saying there is some evidence of it in in at least the dialogue and at least what's written on the page. Mm. He doesn't get it over. Oh man, he doesn't get it over as at all, and nor do, do do I think that the um the direction does him any service service as well. So the other thing I was hearing about this movie, and I should start off by saying I'm less excited for this than I am for Deadpool. I'm less excited for this than I am any Star Wars movie that has been coming to the to date. Okay. Um, because I think <laughs> this is the one that need needed less to be. Right, because you're going to see it, because it's Han Solo. Um, I had heard really bad things about the direction that this movie was under. Uh, the directors got fired from it. They the were doing... Was, was Lord and... Um, the guys that did... The, Miller. Lord and Miller. Yeah, hey, I did it. The nice. Did, Lord uh, and Miller. The, the Lego movie. Oh, is that who they're... That was a surprisingly fun film. Yes. I had no interest in that, and I went in and I walked out a happy camper. Anyway... It sounded, from what I heard, you know, listening to the Slash Filmcast, as you do, I think they were talking about how they got fired because they were doing more improv. They were just letting it be willy-nilly, um, just having a good time on set. Less direction or... Um, I don't think their style fit in with the old-school aesthetic yeah. of, you know, the people, the powers that be at uh, Lucasfilm. Mm. Whereas you had, they brought, so they fired them and then brought in a, you know, tried and true by the numbers director of some acclaim, however, in Ron Howard. Also, you, you probably most likely know him as the narrator from Arrest Development. Perhaps. Yeah, that's, his, that's probably his biggest accomplishment to date. Yeah. yeah let's just go with it. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not the Oscar. Nah, nah. <laughs> on his mantle um, or a couple of Emmys actually but uh, and, and Ron Howard it doesn't it's not bad direction mm -hmm. it just it, there's no nothing special about it either well that to me describes a Ron Howard picture yeah uh, I like the guy I don't think I've ever walked up and like god damn it Ron Howard how dare you uh, but also I don't see him moving go man that yeah. is a Ron Howard movie. Right, right, right. Ron, yeah. He Ron Howard the shit out of that movie. He does, he does not in this movie. Yeah, no. he reminds me of an inker in that, or a drummer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they get the work done, but they're not really right. the bones of it. That being said, there is a set piece that takes place on a quote-unquote train that is pretty dope. It is pretty pretty damn dope. Um, it's probably the best thing in the movie, and happens not not super early in the movie, but early enough in the movie that you kind of miss. Right. You're like like, can we go back to the train? You know. But um, it's and you know Woody Harrelson is he's doing work. Uh, Thandie Newton, if you've enjoyed her in Westworld, then you will definitely enjoy her in this film. Um, and there's another, as I guess Star Wars is one to do, there's another droid that will 
you know, capture your heart, capture your heart and then leave you devastated. Damn it. Um, there's, it. There's parts of this movie that have definitely have a Rogue One feel to them. Oh, okay. Story Not everyone makes it. I got it. Um, which is another one. I walked out of that theater going like, that was all right. That was pretty good. And then I saw it on Netflix much, much later. And I went, I am really enjoying this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And see, the thing about Rogue One, it's set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. You can feel that. But it has a different feel of a movie to me. It doesn't doesn't wholly feel like like a Star Wars movie. Episode. Right. It feels yeah. like a, a movie that's just set in that universe. Yeah. This one, I think, you know, wants you to see it as a... Uh, 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 something that's just set in the universe, but I think Ron Howard is taking this advantage to make his Star Wars movie, oh. and it's it, it just doesn't work. Damn it! To me, so, so of the two of these, it sounds like you like Deadpool two better than. And I will, yeah. And okay. I, and I wasn't anticipating liking either of them to be fair. But now, I, I'm curious to revisit this after some years have passed. Because we were just saying that Deadpool 2 probably won't stick in your memory. Right. And maybe you'll get more appreciation like I did from Rogue One out of Han Solo. Maybe. But we'll have, to, fig- like we'll have Rogue, to find I out. I like Rogue One like like on the screen. Yeah. So I, I and, and maybe that will happen with Solo. Mm-hmm. But unless, you know, George Lucas gets a hold of this film and does like one of those motion capture like youth movements on yeah, Harrison yeah. Ford uh-huh. and swipes him out for dude oh. yeah it's not I'm not gonna feel it what a shame and I mean yeah part of me understands not wanting to do a Harrison Ford but part of me does not understand not doing a Harrison Ford he's such a specific actor that's like it's not quite like this, but it feels almost like if you were going to be doing playing a young Christopher Walken and just walking in and being like, Hey guys, I'm Christopher Walken, how you doing? How's everybody out there? Right. Like he's he's a very specific personality. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'm I'm still gonna go see it. Whenever when's it come out? May twenty fifth, I believe. Yeah, I'll go I'll be there th- the Thursday night, I'm sure, to see it. But um all right. Well thank you for that you're rundown. Welcome. You sort of tampered my expectations for Solo even further down. But, but, but hey, you may go see it and feel totally different. That's true. You I. may have done me a service where uh, I go and I'm like, this was awesome because I had no expectations for it. Exactly. Like, what this fuck? didn't punch me in the dick. Oh, this movie's great. <laughs> I, didn't get, fine. I didn't get a single dick punch, <laughs> which is really what I want out of my movies. I came here with my cup for nothing. Yeah. Uh, we got an email. We got letters. We got letters. We got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. Damn it, Brandon. You got to be on this. It's not a segment. <laughs> okay. Brandon, I'm here for my segment, please. By the time, by the time uh, your segment rolls around, I want you to have a fully formed uh, jingle for Brandon Asks Us. Yes, and you only have two questions today because I have to leave early. All right, go ahead. This one is from Christopher Goodnight. St. Saucy. Okay, much like I can't pick a fifth favorite Marvel movie... I can't just pick five favorite Marvel movie and TV characters, not combined anyways. So here are my favorite movie characters. Number five. You'll never see this one coming. Dum Dum Dugan. Ah! 
There is not near enough of him in the movies. In fact, I think he is just in the first Cat movie. Yep. Correct. Yep. We got a few scenes of him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, but that's it. I know very little about the history of Captain America and his cast of characters, but damn it, I know Dumb Dumb Dugan is a part of it. Yeah, he is, but now he's uh, settled in the uh, Arrowverse. I am... I was surprised when I saw that they were doing that with the original Cap movie, the first Avenger. I went, oh, well, I figured out what they're doing with their television show moving forward. Like they're going to be doing some old school Dum Dum Dugan and the, the, uh, the d- Howling Commandos. Yeah, I thought for sure we would get a whole series of that. Yeah, especially since, you know, you can't do Nick Fury in the house. Yeah, it's, right. it's ripe for for mining. And they just, they're just like, nah. They, 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 we got some of it with with Peggy. I thought that he, he they'd slide more of him into Peggy. Yeah, like they become like <laughs> shield. Uh, uh, I wasn't thinking that. See where your head is. <laughs> Number four, Ant Man. Hmm. You can't not love Paul Rudd. It's true. I can't not. Number three, Falcon. I don't care about Falcon in the comics at all. No. But Anthony Mackie made that character hella fun in Winter Soldier, and I was super disappointed that he didn't show up for the final fight in Age of Ultron. Huh. No, he's not huh. there. He's not there. Uh, I didn't miss him. I didn't know he was not there, but now, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I didn't. I'm sorry. Hold on. Brandon's got something. He's got something up his sleeve. I was just saying it's because the other black sidekick is there and they're kind of the same person in the MCU. I feel like they don't... I don't know. I wish they were like expounded on more as characters. I feel like they're like just kind of the side characters now. The sidekicks. And I feel like they're almost each other's sidekicks more than they're actual people. And I wish they had more agency, I guess. They're not really each other's sidekick because it's not until Infinity War that they actually even really interact. interact. True. But I feel like when um in Civil War, there were moments, I think, where they like... You Not him and Rhodes. No, there was. Well, the only one I can really think of is right at the beginning when they're talking about the Accords and they're discussing it. And like those two are the ones who are like arguing about it. And everyone else is kind of sitting by there, sitting away. That's all I could think yeah, of. Really. Draw the black guys arguing. Number two, Steve Rogers. Okay. I had several people in mind for Steve Rogers and Chris Evans wasn't anywhere on the list. John Krasinski was mentioned early on and I was excited slash disappointed when that was announced but didn't pan out. I would buy that. And when they announced Evans, I couldn't imagine him as Steve. But over the course of eight-ish movies with him, he is just Cap now. Very true. Number one, Thor. Chris Hemsworth is another dude that is super charming. He's the best thing about the Ghostbusters reboot hmm. true enough and despite his own movies not being that good besides the first one he's another character that you just love that innocent genuine warmth he exudes mm. sounds like a bromance bro yeah you want him to go sit outside a comic book shop with you chris the the we're friends from work line and ragnarok gets ragged on but i loved it ragged on i've never heard anyone i thought everyone loved that line same i also heard apparently that was either Taika Waititi or someone's daughter, like, they were like, we need a line. And she was like, what about this? And then they went with it. I love it. Yeah, it's really cute. From the TV shows, I'll make it brief. Number five, the Stepford Cuckoos and Gifted. I didn't see them coming, but when they showed up, I was so excited. Number four, Melvin Potter. He just needs his gladiator costume. Yeah. Number three, Turk. I love that he keeps showing up in a Marvel Netflix series. That's because he shows up in all the Marvel crime comics. Number two, Quake. 
She is sexy and badass. I don't see her as sexy. But. Now, um, Brandon, uh, Quake was is she? She's um, Sky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. And number one, despite season two sucking beyond compare, Jessica Jones. So season two sucks beyond compare. Have I you guys seen with it? Him. I thought that uh, I don't think season two maybe works as well as season one, mm-hmm. but. Overall, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of average, personally. I didn't hate it, but I felt the first like six or seven episodes were pretty good, and then I felt like it really slowed down. And the main villain, I never felt was great as a villain. Like It felt like it was difficult to tell if we were supposed to really dislike the character or feel like a lot of empathy and like feel for the character i think you were i think you were supposed to feel empathy so that was kind of hard and then also just one of her um supporting characters i feel like they really just assassinated i don't want to say who but you can i'm sure you know who, who i'm talking about yeah we know who you're talking and about. it's like we, you're talking. We, were that just upset talking, me. we were just talking about this i the was brothers get no respect oh well, who are you talking about? No, don't about the puppy pop 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 pop. I haven't seen what it are yet. What you talking about? Oh, oh, I know. The, the, see, no, I don't think that they assassinated that character. I actually think that they did something with that character, and I thought it was actually pretty interesting. I think that's true. I think you could. I think you can do different things with characters, and I think if that character comes back in a more anti-hero type of role or something, it would work. But I feel like if they were trying to make her like a, oh, I said a pronoun. If they were trying to make that character a um, likable person, like someone you want to root for, I don't think they did a good job. Oh, see, but I don't think they. Were, I don't think they were worried about whether or not you're going to root or not. They were just worried about creating an interesting character. And if that person comes back as an anti-hero or a hero or whatever, it will still be very interesting because that character will come back with uh, possibly a chip on their shoulder. I'm so curious. Or a monkey on their back. So, I gotta, I gotta watch this shit. You really do. All right. Uh, I'm not done with this. Oh, thing, but uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, mediocre. I think he said something about mediocre for Jessica Jones too, or somebody here did. And um, I, I don't really pay attention. So, uh, I will say that even mediocre Netflix Marvel shows are a lot better than a lot of other shows that I've seen. Very true. Except for Iron Fist, which Christopher is. Goodnight also has a top five MCU MTU disappointments. Marvel television. television. Thank you. Thank you. Number five. There's not enough shocker in Spider-Man Homecoming. True. Maybe the sequel will bring him back as a flunky, but there was not enough of my favorite Spider-Villain. You know, I really have to question some of your choices here, uh, Chris. Shocker is your favorite Spider-Villain? Especially with typeface out there? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Better choices. Yeah. Number four. No Beta Ray Bill. Three Thor movies and no Beta Ray Bill. Two Guardians movies and no Beta Ray Bill. Stormbreaker and no Beta Ray Bill. Get the hell out of here with that shit. Wait, but he was. You got to see him on a statue in Ragnarok. So obviously that's enough. That's there the you go. Building, right? There, it's like. Well, it's actually it's like it's three, three people. Heads. Yeah. On a building. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. Yeah. So Haha. So suck there. it, Saint Saucy. Yeah, which means that he is a heralded hero. So yeah. you know, go by his. He was on Sakar. <laughs> Number three, The Wrecking Crew. Three hmm. Thor movies and no Wrecking Crew? 
why couldn't they have been the flunkies in Spider-Man Homecoming? Mm. There's a scene mm-hmm. at the end of one season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where Grant Ward walks into a bar to gather his team of evil dudes and it's three white guys and a black dude and one of the white guys is super short. I thought for sure they were going to be the record crew. Sadly, it didn't pan out. <laughs> Number four. Runaways. It's one of my favorite comics, and as an adaptation of that comic, they did a horrible job. But it's a hell of an interesting tale otherwise. True, but that's because they, they jacked up the adaptation. It was not. It was Brandon not. likes it, he says. Okay. Number five. Jessica Jones season two. Hmm. And Christopher St. Saucy, good night's uh, words. It was garbage. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was worse than Iron Fist. What? I understood why they made the changes they did in season one and that they just couldn't adapt it straight up. But season well, yeah. two could have easily been three mini arcs of her taking on cases and then one big four episode arc at the end. Yes, it could have, but they chose not to, Chris. Don't uh, be mad for what it, you know, for what it wasn't, you know, but it, if you didn't like what it is, then that's fair. Um, you're wrong. This is uh, this is America. I didn't love it. I like Donald Glover. I'm a big fan of Community, but I never got into hip-hop slash Gambino. Luke Cage introduced me to Jadena with Long Live the Chief, and a buddy told me about mm, his song, Classic Man, and I downloaded that as well. Plus, I'm looking forward to the boom bat therapy from that dude from Gangsta Grass. That's uh, Our son, the voice of reason, comic book Jedi. I'm anxious to download the track Len plays some during Black Troubles. Yes, I did. Uh, he did a... A track I played one of his tracks that he did with this uh, singer. Um, oh, word. Alexa Gold, which it's phenomenal. Um, this is America just didn't do it for me. Sorry. And sorry this was so long. Oh, we're used to your lengthy uh, yeah. messages, Chris. It's all good. Chris, that was a good one. Saucy, good night. That was a good one. I like that one. It was. I- I'm a sucker for, like, lists. Yeah, like, me top tens and what have you. Because <laughs> they make the show easy. <laughs> Touche, salesman. All right, we have another letter from Gerard. 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 Why, why do I have so much trouble with his name? How do you spell it? G E R A R D. I met him. He came to the shop. Gerard. Gerard. You know what it is? There's in Philly. There's a road called Gerard. Which is spelled G I R A R D. Yeah. So that messes me up. Plus the the name Gerald. I always want to say Gerald. And some people might pronounce it as Gerard. 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 Hi guys, first of all, thank you JD for saying something nice about Iron Man 2 a few weeks ago. I was beginning to think I was the only person on Earth who had fun watching that movie, despite its flaws. Anyway, I was recently bummed to hear that a Deadpool animated TV show being written by Donald Glover was cancelled by FX, possibly because FX found its content too offensive, something Glover alluded to, but FX would not confirm. As a huge fan of Donald Glover, all the way back to his Derek comedy days right up through Atlanta, I truly felt that the world was robbed of something great. My question for Gutter Talk is, what were your most heartbreaking memories of a movie, TV show, comic book or some other collaboration that you heard about but ultimately never came to be bonus question does anyone actually follow the recommendation that you get your oil changed on your car every 5,000 miles or is everyone like me and just waits until the needs maintenance light has been on for at least a week thanks for keeping me entertained every week jerd i'll let you answer his his real question i'm I'm sorry you'll let me yes okay good uh thank you thank you for your permission um, 
in, in regards to the 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 oil light. Oh yeah. Uh, my lady, Lily Triple, aka Tawana, the love of my life. She is a stick in the ass about following like all warning signs. So they say change it after five thousand miles. It gets to like about forty two thousand forty two hundred and fifty miles. She's like, gotta get the oil change. 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 Sushan, my wife, uh she <laughs> And she's she's right on this. Uh, I have a thing where the gas gauge will be at empty, but I know I got at least fifteen more miles. Right. At least fifteen more miles until I need to, get, to actually get gas. And as soon as it hits that thing, or even uh, actually, if it gets like a quarter, there's only a quarter of gas left. She's like, "We gotta get gas. We gotta get gas." I'm like, "Honey, we're just going to Wawa. I gotta get. I gotta get gas." <sighs> anyway. So, uh, what was the other question? All right, so Iron Man 2. Brandon, what would you think of Iron Man 2? I liked it. Good man. All right. Keep it brief. <laughs> yeah, this is good. You want to have your own segment, Brandon. I, I agree uh, that the Deadpool-Donald Glover collaboration thingamajig was an interesting choice. When I heard they were going to do it, I was like, oh, that's neat. I wonder how that's going to be. And this was before I saw Atlanta. Okay. So I was like, well, that's weird. Okay, but I guess, is he really, I mean, like, I guess he's he's pretty funny. I, I liked his Derek comedy stuff, but does can he write a cartoon? I wasn't 100% sure about it. But then watching Atlanta, holy cats, he's real good at writing television. So I'm sad that there's not going to be this thing. Um, and one of the things on Twitter was like, oh, he doesn't have the time. So then he sat down and like stayed up all night and wrote, a fake episode to prove that that wasn't the case. Right. But you know, as an, as a, someone who does commissions, sometimes if I take too long, the, the client will be like, nah, I'm good. That's yeah. all right. Thanks anyway. And I'm like, nah, that was just about the, I'm so sorry. So I wonder how much of that was that kind of process. But, um, yeah, if anyone was going to do a Deadpool cartoon, I, I'd like to see Donald Glover do it. Yeah. Otherwise I don't, let me let me let me put it this way. I don't care about a Deadpool cartoon. I was interested because Donald Glover was attached. Right. Yeah. They, now that he's not attached, I don't care about a Deadpool cartoon. Yeah, I, I really could care less about a Deadpool cartoon. I guess Donald Glover might have made me interested. Mm -hmm. um, another name that just quickly comes to my mind that I think probably could have had fun with a Deadpool cartoon is Edgar Wright. Oh yeah. I think he might have had fun with it. I thought of um, Dan Harmon maybe. And maybe if Donald Glover could like voice a character and they were working together again, I think that could have been interesting. Because Rick and Morty's good, and Dan Harmon and Donald Glover worked well together on Community. Yeah. So if they come together for a Deadpool, I think that could have been interesting. It could have been interesting. That's, that's a good idea. I like that. Uh, let's see. What were your most heartbreaking memories of either a movie, TV show, comic book, or some other collaboration that you heard about and never came about? The very first thing that comes to my mind is Spider-Man. Back when I used no the comic book. Oh, okay. Back when Wizard Magazine was a thing. Okay, yeah. And there were talks that Jeff Loeb was going to be writing it, I think, and J. Scott Campbell 
was going to be doing the interiors on an amazing Spider-Man book. I was 100% down for that, and I was so excited. I like bought the Wizard magazine. I bought two copies of the Wizard magazine because I wanted to take the J. Scott Campbell Spider-Man pages out and like post them up on my my wall. <laughs> and um, I, I just kept waiting for it. Right. There were there were whole sketches and everything done, and uh, it just just fell through. It never happened. And I was so bummed about that. So to this day, that seems to apparently stick with me. Isn't that around a time when Jay Scott was getting attached to a whole bunch of stuff? Oh, yeah. Never paid yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my, there are actually two things come to my mind. I think I've mentioned them here um, over the course of time. The first one is the first Batman movie, oh. which I wanted to love. But I I hated. It's so uh, and one of the main reasons that one of the many reasons that I didn't like that movie um, is because in all the scenes where the Prince music is featured, the the mix of the music is is off. Hmm. Tim Burton is is admitted it as so, and therefore the music is super super low and muddy in the mix. And it almost sounds like it's coming from somebody's radio play, record player, in in the on the set, yeah. as opposed to being a you know part of the score, yeah. and that just takes me out of the movie every freaking time. Well, I, I don't mind it in the museum because I, he's that's the part where it really bothers me. He's literally playing a boombox. I know, but still, you know, when you're playing a boombox. And on that scene where yeah. he's supposed to be going manic, yeah. the music is supposed to take over yeah. and be the whole thing, and it's not. You know, I'm trying to. You know what? As I was saying that, it occurred to me that even later on, the music "Party Man" is coming from the floats, right, in the parade. So yeah, it doesn't take over the the. It doesn't become the score. The score, or... yeah, it becomes in scene music. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I never really noticed that. And it takes me out of the movie. The other thing is a comic book project, and this is this has some age on it, but so do I. Um, back in the days of the the oversized Treasury comics, there was um, the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes were finally getting a Treasury comic. Ah. And I was a huge Superboy Legion of Superheroes fan, and primarily because. The artist, their artist was Mike Grell of oh, Green Arrow and yeah. Green Lantern. G.I. Joe. And, oh, was he? G. He did some covers for G.I. Joe. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Okay. I'm thinking of a different Mike. You're thinking about Mike Golden. Nope, but go ahead. Okay. Well, Mike Grell. He did, oh, you're the same guy I'm thinking of did some Punisher Warzone covers. Wasn't that Mike Golden? No. I mean, maybe, but not the guy I'm thinking of. Oh, Mike Messer? No. Go ahead. Keep talking. Man, anyway. Sorry. So anyway, Mike Grell of Green Arrow and Green Lantern fame. Zach. Michael Zack. Mike yes. Zach. Yes, who then went on to be the Captain America uh, artist. Mike Zack. Yes. There we go. Right. Now you, now you can continue. Mike, Mike Grell story. Now I will let you continue. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Mike, so Mike Grell, who had at this point, and this is in the 70s, had recently left Superboy and a Legion of Superheroes. And, and I didn't know why. But then they came this advertisement of this big treasury issue. So I'm like, oh my God. And he and he did, he did the cover. And it was um, and it was a fantastic cover because it was a wraparound cover and he's they're battling all these all these aliens and it's Superboy and, and the Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl and Lantern uh, Lightning uh, Lightning Lad on a cover. 
uh, fighting everybody. It is just beautiful. I was like, oh my god, this is insane. It was the marriage of Lightning Lad and Saturn and Girls. Like, oh my god, this is going to be insane. And Mike Grell was drawing it. I was like, oh my god, this is why he left so that he could spend his time drawing this big 98-page comic. Oh, this is perfect. And it cost $1.50. Now, this was in the days when comics only cost 50 cents. So $1.50 was like, Mom, I need a dollar yeah. fifty. And plus, it wasn't being sold in comic book shops. I had to mail away a check for a dollar fifty so that I could get this comic delivered into in the in the mail. And, uh, uh, I, I, I and I had to I had to make it happen. I had something like that, and where I mailed out. Oh, did you find it? And then when I got the got the comic, got it in the mail, came home. Open it up. Oh no! It was beautiful Mike Grell art, uh huh, written by Paul Levitz, who everybody knows is like the most historic uh, Legion of Superhero writer next mm-hmm. to Keith Geffen. However, it was inked by Vince Coletta. Now, uh What you what people have to know in the Herald days of Jack Kirby on Thor, back in the early sixties. Jack Kirby's store was inked by Vince Coletta, who did good work on Jack Kirby's artwork. Hmm. But what a lot of people know about Jack Kirby, he was one of the quickest artists, period. And that's why they put him with Vince Coletta, who's one of the quickest inkers, period. And what you would soon realize, once after going back over time, and you saw actual pencils by Jack Kirby of those pages, that Vince Coletta, there was a whole bunch of stuff in there he was not inking. Oh, I heard about this. He would be. He like, would erase, erase buildings like, oh, and backgrounds. I ain't got time for this. Yeah. I got a deadline. So Vince Coletta became like the deadline king. Yeah. And if stuff was running late, he or, just would get rid of would, it. He would come in. It, like, you might have Terry Austin scheduled to ink your stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it was late, Vince was getting the job. Ah. And Vince was fucking your art up. Man. he was erasing stuff. Yeah. And he was just. Like all this cross hatching on the face, we ain't got time for that. Yeah, you know, like they know there's a cheek there. Yeah, we don't need anything there. Oh man. So him on Mike oh, Grell. No. Oh, it broke my freaking heart. Hmm. Flash forward, it's easily thirty years. I'm at a comic book convention with Black Tribbles. Mike Grell is there. Oh. Huh. I walk up to him. I'm talking to him. I'm asking him to be on the show. He agrees to come on the show. And I tell him, like, you know, I love you so much. But my one of my biggest disappointments was that way, way back, you're going to tell me about the Legion of Superheroes. Oh. I know. I was running late. They gave it They gave it to Vince. And I just said, you know, I was so tired of the, of the goddamn Legion. So I said, fuck it. Do what you want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just he kept, he kept it real with That's me. That's awesome. And I was like, okay, all right, see you on the show, dog. Yeah, that's so funny. That was it. I like that he knew what you were gonna say too. Oh, I obviously was not the first one. Oh man, and and like you see you see that cover. Yeah, you see how intricate that cover is. If you could find inside pages, inside pages of that cover, and that's a wraparound cover, man. Mm. You find inside pages of that book. You will. It is night and day. It is night and freaking day. 
Case of point, case of point, JD, you're looking at you're looking it up, and I'll throw it up on on social media so people can find. I want you to Google the splash page of Bouncing Boy marrying Duo Damsel. Now that's from a Legion of Brandon for you younger ears. That's from a Legion of Superhero comic from the early '70s, and it was drawn by Dave Cockrum, the creator of the new X Men that you know with Wolverine and Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. It is gorgeous it is so freaking gorgeous it's his first introduction yes is his first introduction into uh, a lot of the different character designs because he's the one that did the big character designs on the legion and you can see how intricate and beautiful that line work is he inks it himself it's fantastic this is really nice right now google the splash page of lightning lad and saturn girls wedding which is Mike Grell in, by Vince Collada. Mike admits that he was trying to, as much as he could, at least equal Dave Cockrum with his art. And Vince Coletta erased so much, slapdashed the ink so badly on that, piece, on that piece of work. Is this the one where it looks like Henry Winkler is involved? Yes, that's it. That is oh, it. It's... Very empty. Yes. There's a lot that's not <laughs> happening here. Yes, yes it is. Oh my and God. And you got these two nerds just like. Well, those actually. Are the creators, I assume. Yeah, that's Paul Levitz and Mike Grill. Yeah. Who, who we draw themselves kind of like looking out. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, that that's not good. No. You know, but you can see that the the line work. Man, it's unbelievable. This, you know, this first one you were showing me by, is that, did you say it was Grill? Dave Cochran. The first Dave one Cochran. Is Dave, Dave Cochran. It feels it's so busy. It feels almost um, George Perezian. It does. Yeah, it does. And, and, and he's one. a big influence on George. George admits yeah. that. Huh. Interesting. As a matter of fact, it was Dave Cockrum's run on the Legion of Superheroes, which preceded Mike Grell, which is what made that is seriously. You, you can the see. Fonz. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it's horrible. Yeah. It's not good. It's horrible. It was Dave Cockrum's run on the Legion, which made George Perez want to draw the Legion. He Aww. always wanted to draw the. When he eventually got to DC, he wanted to do Justice League because he had done the Avengers for, for so long. Mm-hmm. But he always wanted to do the Legion, hmm. which is why when years later they did that super, the Superman um, story, Superman and the Three Legions, George was like, "Yo, I have to do." It. You've never seen that book? No. Next to Justice League. Uh, versus the Avengers, yeah. Super Superman and the Three Legions is probably like my favorite thing by George Perez. Wow, mine still eight crap on that. He draws Crisis from like five different worlds. I do like Crisis. Crisis it's just is that so good. I the only reason I don't like Crisis is because there's the middle part of that uh, of that um, miniseries that's inked by Mike DiCarlo. Oh. And I don't think he he does the justice. It's hmm. not until Jerry Ordway picks up the inking over the last like four or five issues that it really pops, you know. Okay. But then I also like um, his run with, on the Avengers with Kurt Busiek. Hmm. Those are my three George Perez touchstones. Awesome. Even more so than Teen Titans. Nice. Okay. Um, did we? Okay. Uh, All right. We got Brandon. Go to no. Did quick. Brandon have one? Uh, I mean, for me, the you were saying like disappointments, right? Yes. Yes. Mine would be Fables. Not the comic, 
but there was going to be a Fable show. Oh, yes. And then an ABC like bought it, and then they decided not to do it, and they did Once Upon a Time instead. Yes. And that was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I'm caught up on Once Upon a Time, and I'm going to watch the finale this week. But it just watching it sometimes is really annoying. Cause Especially it's like, if you've read all of Fables. Right, because I can see where like it could have been done better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's always upsetting. All right, it's 2.43. And let's get it done. Let's get it done. So Brandon, you've got, it's time for... Brandon asks us. Or Brandon asks us two questions that we answer. Okay. He's like a he's like a a human mailbag. There he is. So yeah. I'm gonna stick my hand way down into Brandon. I'm gonna jiggle up all the questions. I'm gonna pull out one question, and this one says, "Okay, so at first I wanted to ask like questions that were like from like young the younger generation to the older generation. But then I decided." Why not just start arguments? So <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys, first question, who do you guys think Dick Ration should end up with, just in general? Most people would say either Starfire or um, Babs, but you guys can pick. And so there, there you go. Babs. Starfire. Babs. Starfire. All right, listen, I hear what you're saying. I see you eye to eye, man to man. I, I see your opinion. Mm-hmm. And then I say Babs. And I say Starfire. Okay. Wait, but why? <laughs> oh, so that's your second question. All right, so why? Um, I, I have no, I have no real love for Starfire, despite loving the Teen Titans. She's never really been a character that I had any emotional connection to. But Babs, man, I got a lot of emotions for Babs. Uh, first of all, as the of her stint, original stint as Batgirl mm-hmm. was amazing. I loved her. Um, even when they did her a disservice in The Killing Joke, they were able to turn it around and instead of using, you know, she was originally used as just a female character who furthers the male characters in the story. They were able to spin that around and turn it into a very, very positive role model for um, disabled folk. Handy, capable, and women, sure. So I I love that about her. And then... I was kind of bummed that they took that away from her and gave her her legs back. But I also still like her as, ba- as Batgirl. So, um, also, there's that one scene between Dick and, and Barbara where they are, she's got her legs bound together mm-hmm. and they are up on the trapezes and they're, they're just having a whole little romance up in the air. Um, it was just such a great issue. Uh, I forget if it was a, teen t- or a Titans issue. Or if it was a Nightwing. I want to say it was either Nightwing or Birds of Prey. Oh, oh, it was Birds of Prey. Oh, and I loved her in Birds of Prey. I think it was Birds of Prey. So it's not really Nightwing and Babs as it is me and Babs. Yes, that's what it is. If that makes sense. Um, But because I like Nightwing so much and I like Babs so much, I like them together. See, I would say Starfire, and maybe it is because I was down with the new Teen Titans right from the beginning. So therefore, I am wholly invested in that relationship because that's where it started that was the relationship that has one of the most mature panels you will ever see in the comics where they actually wake up in a thunderstorm um and you know you knew they were dating but if you ever doubted hey do they have sex yeah they wake up in the bed and they're both naked Ah, okay so you're like hey and it was drawn by george perez who what what's there so not to good. love? Yeah. It look it looked great. Um and also I think that D- 
Dick Grayson, who is one of my favorite characters in comics, period, um, offers more to Starfire and thus and her offering more to him than Babs and Dick Grayson. I think to a, to a degree, they're a little bit um, maybe two sides of the same coin, those two. <laughs> and I think I, I see the attraction, but I could see the attraction going but so far and them just realizing we work best as great friends. Right. They, I think they work best as Jerry and Elaine as opposed, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to like a really true. Especially couple. especially since in their situation, um, they were both sidekicks to the same guy. Mm-hmm. And that can tend to give you sort of a brother-sister feel because, right. you know, they're two kids and then they've got the dad. Yeah. So I could kind of see. I understand where you're coming from. But emotionally, I still have to side with Babs. That's fair. Yeah. I, it's, it's no knock on Babs. I, <laughs> I love her. I love her as a character. Big time. I love her as Bat Batgirl. I still think the best her best iteration of Batgirl is from the Young Justice TV show. Oh yeah, I just love that costume because it's just a mm-hmm. girl Batman and she's just like. Um, also, to to um, before we get letters about it, it was uh, Birds of Prey number eight by Chuck Dixon and holy shit, Greg, Greg Land used to draw. You didn't in know a, he did Birds of Prey in a way that I enjoy. Yeah, I don't want to be mean and say he he drew drew better, but um, this looks amazing. Yeah, he was a Birds of Prey artist. It, 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 Why did he start tracing everybody? It was not long after that. I want to say this is so good. He started tracing really big time when he went to Cross Gen. That's Damn when it. I noticed a lot of it in his art, and it just and, and his art stopped looking naturalistic. Yeah, he just he would just. Traces Claudia Schiffer over and over yeah, again, and I don't yeah. understand why. This is so good. Looking at the art in this, this is great. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, Birds of Prey. That was a great series. Great. The Chuck Dixon. Birds Chuck of Dixon. Prey. Yeah. Chuck Dixon. Um, a guy who I don't know why he's not doing. Maybe he's like moved on to other media. Yeah. But not writing as many. I haven't comics. seen him. Um, but his run on Birds of Prey and on Nightwing. Yeah. Because he was on Nightwing. Also, with wasn't Scott he McDaniel. doing was. Wasn't he doing the Tim Drake Robin? Yeah, he like yeah, he's the one who sent him to yeah. go meet. Um, oh, she became such, she was such a badass character. Um, she would like she could just murder people real quick. She was a ninja. Oh, she trained I not Cassandra way before Cassandra. I can't remember who you're thinking about. I know who you're thinking about. I just can't remember. Yeah, name. he went Shiva, Lady Shiva. Yes, Lady Shiva, Shiva. exactly. Right, right. Yeah, right. that was the that Chuck Dixon that could beat Batman. Yeah, yeah. And now she's just, I don't know. She's been depowered, I think. Yeah. Now she's just some ninja lady. She beat him in Detective Comics. She was, um, I think, unless I'm thinking wrong, but I think it was her, she was uh, Orphan's mom, who was uh, Cassandra, and she showed up in tech and she yes, beat... Yes, that's true. Yeah. She beat uh, Batman. Yeah, and well, was, I know. She's the one that could beat up, yeah. beat up Batman. Yeah. yeah. All right, so what's your other question? Uh, who should Batman be with? Because I kind of think of another one. Oh. Nobody. <laughs> No, no, but if you had to pick, nobody. He is. He is a. He is a man who. He's so obsessed. He's not like Superman, where he just wants to help. He is obsessed. He is mentally unwell. He's unstable. He is obsessive to the point of throwing 
kids, 12-year-olds in costumes and letting them dodge bullets. Like, this man is not well. He should actually be locked up, and he will never have the amount of headspace to give to a woman that is needed for a relationship to happen because he will always be putting Gotham first. He should be with Catwoman. He will not always be putting Gotham first. He will be putting justice first. Um, And Catwoman, if any woman is going to keep him centered, it's going to be Catwoman. He's all that that you said. Catwoman knows how to handle that. And And he's smart enough to know, I am all that you said, J.D., but I still need somebody to handle that. I just want to hug. <laughs> Listen, all this could have been avoided if, if a woman hugged me <laughs> after my parents were murdered. Yeah. Uh, again, well well said. What? what? what what's your opinion? I know that was yeah, well, your opinion real quick. For the Batman one, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on Batman. I think I like him with Selena. I do think there's a reason that whenever... There's iterations of like him in the future. It's usually him and Selena. Mm-hmm. So like I think them. With Nightwing, personally, I like Sean Sang, who is his girlfriend in the new Nightwing series, mm. which I think just shows that I don't really care about Nightwing that much because I don't have much, much connection. But I do think of the two main ones, I would say Barbara, but because I think they work really well together. And I really like Starfire when she's kind of just by herself. Like I think she's to me, at least, she's kind of like a Teen Titans version of Wonder Woman, where like she stands for like female empowerment, I guess. And I'm not saying that being in a relationship takes away from that, but I just always liked her as like a one-woman show type of thing. That's only because you grew up with a Teen Titans that did not have Donna Troy, aka Wonder Girl, who was basically the Wonder Woman of that that universe. Hmm. I think if you had her, you'd feel feel a little bit different. I mean, I didn't really grow up with Starfire either. My Teen Titans were like Cassie, Bart, Tim, but just one of what I've seen of Starfire. No, but I'm just saying. But but Starfire has been introduced into the into the universe yeah. recently, and I think I think Donna may have been introduced, but it's certainly not the Donna that everybody knows. She about. is. She's in Titans. I think people say she's pretty accurate, but I don't. I haven't read it in a while, and I didn't read Titans before, so I don't know. All right, is that it? I think that's it. That was good. That was good. That, that was, was a good show. one. I like that one. Thank you, Brandon, for asking us. Yes, thank you, Brandon. Um, all right. Thank you so much, and everyone out there in internet land for listening. You can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or coltpopgo at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us oh, at no. blacktribbles or... The Bat Tribble. Yeah. And, uh, or... You, oh, bup, bup, bup. You can reach me at JD's Hero Complex. There you go. Uh, also, I think my website's almost done. For really? ColtsPopGo.com is almost oh, ready. Cool. Uh, I just have to like move everything over, but I think it's ready to go. You inspired me. I'm getting our website oh. redone. Yes! Uh, also, like us on Facebook and share us and put the word out there. Please. And if you subscribe to uh, either show via Black Tribbles or through Colt Pop and you do it through Apple Podcasts, please give us a review because yeah. that helps people find our show. That'd be real nice. We would like that All very right. much so. And that's it. Thank you so much and we will talk at you later. Ta-da!